This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show 484. I'm going to say that again. Great accomplishments are seldom difficult. They're just steps undiscovered or actions unrehearsed. So in the beginning, everything is manual. But over time, it becomes more and more automatic. And how does that happen? You know what the steps are, and then you rehearse them over and over and over. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everyone? It's Brandon Turner, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. David Green. David Green. What's up, man? What is up, man? We are uh, talking some real estate today. We are talking some real estate today, or specifically, I'm talking some real estate today because today's show is really all about me. Uh, No, today's show is about you and about how to make your real estate business more simple. Here's the deal. Here's the gist. Last year, or two years ago now, whoa, two years ago already almost? Yeah, it's been a long Uh, time. Yeah, BPCon 2019, because we didn't have a 2020 because of the whole COVID mess. BPCon 2019, I gave a keynote speech on how to simplify your business and how to make it more simple so it's more fun and more profitable and you have to work less and make a lot more money. That's kind of the summary of the keynote speech. And we decided we've never actually played it for the entire audience before. Only the people that were there live in uh, in Nashville got to hear it. So today's episode is actually my keynote speech from BPCon 2019, and I think you're going to like it. So that's what's coming up here in just a moment. But since, David, you're not joining me for the whole show today, let me just ask you, do you know what you're speaking on yet at BPCon 2021? I believe I'm slated to talk about the Burr Method. Oh, of course you are. Yes. You are the Burminator. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah, you do. Somebody else. To be that. fair, though, <laughs> you and I will be talking to everybody the entire time about everything related to real estate at all. Pretty so much. I, I may set there. something up where we have like a like a private meeting or rent out a room or something to have people come and mastermind or do that kind of thing. Ooh, something fun like that. It could be fun. I like this idea. Uh, I'm also, yeah, I'm doing one of those with my investors in Open Door Capital. We get a little private uh, dinner. So that'll be fun, fun or drinks or something. I don't know. We got to plan that still. But that leads actually to today's quick tip. tip. Quick tip is Bigger Pockets Conference 2021 is happening. So you probably guessed because we just talked about it. It is happening. It is in New Orleans and it is on October 4th through the 6th. So October 4, 5, and 6 of 2021. So the quick tip is if it's not sold out yet, what it is is going to sell out. I mean, 250,000 people listen to this show and we are only having 1,500 spots. So it's going to sell out. But if it hasn't sold out yet, go get your ticket right now. Biggerpockets.com slash conference. Easy to get there. Biggerpockets.com slash conference. Get your ticket. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be tons of speakers, uh, inspirational keynotes. I think Hal Elrod's going to be there, author of Miracle Morning and a bunch of other people. And it's in New Orleans, one of my favorite cities in the entire world, right off Bourbon Street, which if you've been there, you know what you know, you know. It's going to be amazing. So we'll see you there. We're also going to do a live podcast where I think recording kind of a Q&A thing and David and I are going to do there as well. So it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm excited to meet all you who are going to be there. So get your ticket, biggerpockets.com slash conference. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. 
Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. You've heard us talk about it before. High interest rates are crushing real estate investors, leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now. But with today's liquidity crisis, who can fill the demand? With Fundrise, America's largest direct-to-investor alternative asset manager, you have the opportunity to. Fundrise's new opportunistic private credit strategy was designed specifically for this new market environment. Fundrise supplies high-demand bridge financing on high-quality assets with credit-worthy borrowers. Top real estate investors get the funding they need while you walk away getting paid a healthy interest rate. To date, Fundrise has completed more than $500 million worth of private credit deals with an average net interest of 10.8%, and they've already amassed a pipeline worth more than $300 million. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can take advantage of this unique window of opportunity while it lasts with Fundrise's new private credit strategy. Ready to start? Go to Fundrise.com pockets to learn more. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash pockets. This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. All right. That's, uh, I guess that's all we got before I jump into the keynote. Anything you want to say, David, about uh, life, real estate, love, or whatever you want? No, I actually want to hear your keynote again, because I remember being there and uh, I was kind of like in and out of the room. I didn't get to hear the whole thing. All right. Well, you just didn't care enough about me. Uh, were you there for the surf lesson? Part of it, I give a surf lesson in the middle of the speech. So Yes, I missed that. I heard okay. about it. All right. Well, everyone be prepared. You're going to learn how to surf today. Without further ado, let's get to the keynote from the Bigger Pockets 2019 conference by me, Brandon Turner. Okay. Before I leave you, I want to tell a little story because people enjoy this story. A few months ago, I went to a business networking event. It wasn't a real estate event. It had nothing to do with real estate, business related. And I like these events because when I go to real estate events, but he comes up to me and wants to chat about real estate. When I go to these other events, nobody knows who I am. I'm at this event and this woman beelines it towards me and says, oh my God, you're Jay Scott. And 
I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm introverted. I don't like talking to people like that I don't know. It's hard for me. I enjoy it, but it's difficult. But I was really excited because I was at this event where normally nobody knows who I am. And she said, oh my God, you're Jay Scott. And I was really excited. And she said, can I ask you a favor? And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, somebody has a favor for me at a business event. So maybe she's going to want me to sign a book or maybe she's going to want me to be godfather to her child or something really awesome. And she looks at me and she said, can I ask you a favor? And I said, absolutely. And she said, will you introduce me to Brandon Turner? (laughs) That really happened. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset. But then I realized that there are a whole lot worse things in this world than introducing Brandon Turner. So I have the honor, the privilege today to introduce Brandon Turner, somebody that everybody in this room likely knows. He's the VP of Growth for Bigger Pockets. He's taught many of us in this room about various strategies that I don't want to say they didn't exist before Brandon, but they weren't well conceived before Brandon. He's created some of the greatest three-letter acronyms and four-letter acronyms in real estate, and he's had a profound impact on all of our lives. So it is my profound pleasure to introduce our first keynote speaker, Brandon Turner. Thank you, guys. What's up, everybody? Hey. All right, so I gotta look for a couple things, get my way around the stage here. I'm looking for a PowerPoint clicker. That should be here somewhere. If not, I'm gonna have to like clap. Speaking of clapping, actually, while I'm looking for this, uh, do you guys, this is a true story. At South by Southwest last year, there was a, you know those little, what are they called, the scooters you ride around? Like the bird or whatever they had those. Anyway, some joker went out there and took these stickers that said clap activated and stuck them on everyone. <laughs> That's the greatest like prank I think of all time. Like it's so simple, but so genius. So Anyway, I love that, love that. Uh, Speaking of simplicity, that's actually what we're gonna be talking about today is this idea of how to make your real estate business a lot more simple and how to make things work better because they just, they're simple. Because a lot of things are very complex and we make them very complex. But in reality, real estate at its core is a very simple thing. So, hey, we have a clicker. Oh, is this the clicker? Oh my gosh, you guys. Round of applause for the staff here. That, like, that, wow. Let's see. Ready? Hey, it worked. Man, way to look like a moron in front of a thousand people. All right. So, hello, everybody. All right, so a lot of you guys know me from the podcast, which means you hear my voice pretty often. Maybe you watch me on YouTube in my current state. Anybody seen any of my old YouTube videos? They're really bad. Like, like, I've changed a lot, like quite a bit. In fact, my old one, Scott Trench, wherever Scott is in here, he makes fun of me all the time because one of my first videos, I'm sitting in this little yellow chair and I got this you know, crappy, blurry camera and I'm holding my cat and I'm just like stroking my cat. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Anyway, so a lot of people know me from the podcast and my voice and what I look like now, but I've actually gone through several phases in my life uh, and I wanted to kind of show you a little bit insight into who I am. So phases. So phase number one. This is uh, this handsome fellow right here. That is high school prom. 
Now, ladies, calm down. He had a date, uh, and she was cute. And so I, I, that's, that's me, and uh, in, in, specifically, I want you to take notice of the hair. So the, the greasy, oily you know, gel, the cheap 99-cent gel you get at Kmart, beautiful hair. Uh, later, I decided to grow it out a little longer. This is college. This is just getting into college, and I let that hair go a little bit longer. Uh, power up was my favorite t-shirt at the time. Got the glasses. This is in my Blink-182 phase. Anybody go through a Blink-182 phase? Yeah. Then, <laughs> I got real handsome and decided to have uh, some business up front and party in the back. I dyed it jet black and uh, rocked that. True story, I actually, the only time in my life, I, I'm a tall guy, right? And some would say uh, awkward tall. I would say awkward tall. I only dunked a basketball one time in my life, and that was when I had a mullet. So coincidence? I also, I, I, I did not date in high school. I actually never dated in high school. What, I mean, if, can we go back? I never dated in high school <laughs> other than uh, going to prom. But the first time I ever I, I kissed a girl, guess what I had on my head? That's right, I had that mullet <laughs> when I uh, first kissed a girl. More on that later. Then I decided to take that down one more notch and went to the Mohawk for a little while. Uh, and finally, bicked it, as they say, and shaved it. And I had a lumpy head, so that didn't work out very well. Uh, so here, here's why I bring this up. Hair takes up less than 1% of your body mass, yet it completely defines who you are as a person uh, in, in a lot of ways, like what, how people perceive you, what they think about you. And it's such a small, simple thing. Because simple things have an amazing ability to, to transform everything. I'll tell you one more story. I was, a few years back, my wife and I had for years tried to have a kid. Uh, this is long before my current child. So we tried to have a kid for a number of years and just didn't happen. Well, finally, after years and years and years, we were able to conceive. Uh, but it's like when you try that hard for something, it's almost like you don't believe it. Can anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't quite believe it. Any parents in here? How about that? Any parents? Okay, lots of parents in here. So, you know, it's like I knew in my head that there was a baby in there, but I didn't know it in my heart yet uh, until that very first time when you go to the doctor and they take that, that machine. It doesn't look like this. It's a stock photo. But they put it on, on, on Heather, on my wife's uh, you know, stomach, and you hear that heartbeat. It's really fast, like dun, 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 dun. And it became so real. Like, I have a child. Like, I have a child on the way. And I tried for so long. It was such a huge moment for me. Again, such a simple little thing as a heartbeat completely changed uh, everything for me. Uh, to continue that story a little bit longer, uh, months later, uh, we're nearing the end of uh, what would be we're near the end of the pregnancy, and my wife and I, well, you know, went to a doctor that day. She had a doctor appointment. Everything was just fine. They said, "Yeah, you, you got a couple more weeks to go. Everything's fine." And then she stopped feeling the baby kick, and we got a little, you know, oh, it happens. And uh, sometimes you just don't feel a baby right away. And, and then all of a sudden she had this real bad pain, like real bad pain. And it wasn't like a contraction, which was, they say, starts at 60 minutes and works its way down. Uh, and you know, it happens every 60, then 55, 40, 30. And, and when you get, go to the doctor, when it's down to whatever, 12 minutes. That's how we were explained it. But it didn't happen that way. It was just immense pain, a minute later or two minutes later, immense pain, and it just was continual. 
And uh, we didn't know what it was, so we rushed to the hospital. I drove 100 miles an hour all the way there, got checked in, and they, my wife, uh, so I can get through this, this is a tough story to tell, but we laid down, and she laid down, they put the stethoscope on the stomach, and there was nothing, and they moved it around, and moved it around, and moved it around, and they heard nothing. And it was the longest minute of my entire life. I mean, I, I just prayed to God, like, God, don't take my little girl. And, it, and I died in that moment. And then, dun, 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 and there it was, right? Like, they just couldn't find it, and then they found it. And again, such a simple little thing as a heartbeat completely changed my life. I mean, that is the greatest sound I, I will have ever heard, was that heartbeat, right? It's such a simple thing. It's an hour later, Rosie Lou was born, uh, and again, Best, best moment of my entire life. And today, Rosie, you guys are pricing pictures, but she's the cutest little thing in the world. I absolutely love this little girl. Uh, in fact, two quick stories about her. First, Rosie, uh, the other day, she says to me, Daddy, I said, yeah. And she says, do you want to play a game? I said, okay. And she says, she says okay, it's called Who's the Best? I said, okay. She goes, I am, I win. <laughs> so I love, that's my favorite game. <laughs> All right, second story. A few weeks ago, she uh, has this little Peppa Pig toy. Any of your kids have Peppa Pig toys or like little plastic things? There's little plastic figurines, Peppa Pig, big head, little body. And she has a crib, like a little baby crib. And she's sitting in the, in the living room trying to put in this Peppa Pig toy into the side of the crib. I don't know why, kids are weird. And she's shoving it in there, and she's getting so frustrated because it won't fit. And she's like, ugh, ah, ugh. And then she takes the whole thing and goes, ah, and throws the whole thing across the room. Anybody ever been there? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've all been there. And I watch her, and I, I don't intervene yet. So I'm just watching her. And she's like, <sighs> she stomps over picks up the toy, she takes it, and she goes, uh, and then she takes it, and she takes the Peppa Pig toy, and she turns it, just a quarter turn, and it slides right in. Uh, she goes back to playing. It's amazing how a little, like, just like, a quarter turn in that thing just made it just go right in, right? Simple. It's such a simple little thing. You know, I love Confucius quotes. Confucius once said, but life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. In my real estate investing life, I, mean, I have always tended to overcomplicate things. And because of that, I think it's held me back a lot. And when I talk to new investors, it's so complicated sometimes. Yet when I talk to really experienced investors, the guys that are really experienced, it's not only easy for them to invest, it's actually simple for them to invest. Many of them have a very simple business. Oh yeah, I just do this and this and this and this and this is what it does. And so today we're talking about how to simplify your business in a lot more ways. In fact, it's not even just about business. I like to say, how to simplify everything. I'm talking about three ways to do it. Uh, you can work less, have more joy, improve your relationships, travel more, look sexier, and really just make a hell of a lot more money. Does that sound good to everybody? Good. All right. So that's what we're talking about today. I'll go through three different ways. Now, of course, when I say simple, I don't necessarily mean easy. Right? Simple is flossing. Everybody here will know how to floss. How many flossed this morning? Okay, a few of you. Good. I didn't. Uh, working out would be the same thing. I, I mean, how many guys can work out? Well, can, but how many worked out this morning? A few, good. I didn't. You know what I did this morning? I woke up, I got out of bed this morning, and I, you know, I groggily get out of bed, and I'm walking to the bathroom, 
and something felt weird. And I wasn't really sure what it was, but I just knew something was off. And I walk into the bathroom and I almost like slip. And again, something feels weird. And then I get in the bathroom and I realize it's weird because there's water everywhere. And of course, I'm a landlord, so I'm inside, going to the back of the toilet and I'm like looking under there, <laughs> trying to figure out where the leak is. I look in the bathroom and then I get the drip on my head and I'm on the top floor and so there's a water leak. It's good to see that even a billion dollar place has, you know, leak roof issues. So I was like, yes, I'm not alone in this. So that's what I did this morning. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It's a, oh, actually, it does have something to do with it. My pants. So you may have seen me walking around earlier carrying a pair of pants. It's because my pants were on the floor, sopping wet, just soaking wet. And now I'm going to find a not clever way to incorporate this into my speech. Water. Such a simple thing, right? <laughs> but it can make you wet and soggy. So anyway, hotel took care of my pants, and they cleaned them and dried them and everything. It's great. Uh, how about one more example of simple, not always easy? It's pretty simple to ask out a girl, or if you're a girl, to ask out a guy. Uh, but anybody in here, I mean, some people are really good at this, and it is very easy for them. But for me, it was not easy. Who, who here would say it's e it was easy for them to like, ask a girl for a phone number or ask a guy for a number on a date? How many of you guys thought that was easy? Not many, right? A few people. But for most of us, it terrifies us. So I'll tell you what, a quick story about my, when I met my wife, we were at college. I actually, um, inst I mean, like head over heels, fell in love with her the minute I saw her. Like this doesn't happen very often, but I saw her from like 50 feet away out on the lawn, like the grass, I was up in my dorm room and I saw this girl and I said to myself out loud that day, if I don't marry her, I'm not marrying anybody. Like there's just something about, I mean, she was talking to a friend of mine who was uh, mentally challenged and I thought, like, I mean, like, literally, like, actually, he is, he was, uh, you know, developmentally disabled. And I was like, she's talking to him and having a conversation, and she's beautiful, and, and she's, she's perfect. And I, that day I knew. So uh, I went down there and, you know, found a way to get into that conversation, and we became friends. And the first time I tried to ask her out, I just, I went to her, and I said, you know, we're really good friends, and, but I, I really, I really like you. I really like you. And she said... That's nice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. So then, like, a few weeks later, I, I tried again. Now, and I'm like, I'm like, no, I like, I, I really, like, I really like you a lot. I like to really, I'd love to do like, I'd love to hang out with you more. And like, and she goes, oh, that's that's cute. And that was it. And then the third time, I did it again, and she did the same thing. And finally, I went home for Christmas. And by the way, I had the, the, the long hair at that point, the long black hair. It wasn't yet mullet. Mullet was when I went home for Christmas break, and I asked my mom to cut my hair into a mullet, so my mom cut it into a mullet. And then when I went back to school, I had the mullet, and that's when I, I, we had our, you know, define the relationship at DTR. We had our final DTR, and I said, listen, I really like you a lot, and I can't do this. I can't be in the friend zone. So I have to just stop being friends with you. And you know what she said? Well, then why don't you just freaking ask me out, moron? <laughs> so the lesson learned there is know what you want. Had I just simply asked her out, she probably would have said yes, but she had nothing to lose by just saying, well, I, oh, that's good. Like, she, she didn't want to ruin a friendship. I didn't, I didn't directly ask her. So tip number one in simplifying your business is know exactly what you want. Don't be afraid to go after it. I was super timid because it was so scary to actually put myself out there and ask her. So I'm, I'm really big today on knowing exactly what you want. And if you listen to my episode of the podcast recently where I was the guest on the Bigger Pockets Business Podcast, and then we put it on the Real Estate Podcast as well. Anybody listen to that episode? A few of you? Okay, good. So I tell the story a little bit in there about 
about what I've been doing in my real estate business lately, which is like focusing hardcore on mobile home parks. Now, are mobile home parks the best in the world? No, I just happen to like them. Uh, and so I picked them. The really the more important thing is I picked them. And so I went after it. And this is a huge mistake I see people making in complicating their business is that they don't like 100% go after it. They don't go and they're, they're doing things like, hey, I really like you. I really like you a lot. And so the world is saying to them, that's nice. But had people go more directly at what they want, it's a lot more simple, right? I, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. And when you tell other people, this is what I want, then they're going to help you get there. But the problem that people, that people do is when they're doing so many different things and they, they really like rentals and they like flipping and they like wholesaling and they like all this. And, and I really, the problem with that is I, I use this analogy of a bridge. Imagine on one side, there's the, the land. It's just the land you live on. We'll call it reality land. And on the other side, over here, there is, we'll call it goal island or dream island or financial freedom island. And to get across there, if you just get one bridge across there, you can travel back and forth all the time, you have a great life. So what people do is they start building this bridge and they're on the reality island and they start building this bridge and they call it wholesaling. And then they get really excited about something else and they go back to reality land and they start building their next bridge. And they start building this one and they call that flipping or rentals or whatever. And they're building bridges across this, this path. But they never get across it because they got so many bridges going. They might have three, five, 10, 15, 20 bridges going and none of them ever made it. But if they would have just stuck with one thing, they would build that bridge and get all the way across there. And once they achieve that, then everything else, they can go play bridges all day long. You know, like once you have that financial independence, I like to say there's like level one and level two and maybe a level three. Level one is you can pay your bills. That's great, that's a great moment to be able to pay your bills with your passive income, I love that. Level two is I can, you know, buy a jet. And so I want level one. I mean, level one is a great, once you have level one, you can build other bridges to get to level two and maybe even level three where you buy small countries, which sounds pretty good. <laughs> but you're never going to get there if you keep building different bridges. So I always encourage you to simplify your business by knowing exactly what you want and sticking with that. So like I said earlier, uh, we're doing this with mobile home parks right now. We built a fund, we have a 506C fund, and we're, we're buying a bunch of parks. In fact, just last week, uh, we're closing this week, maybe even today or tomorrow or next day, on a park in Ohio or two parks in Ohio. Uh, last Monday, a week ago, we got a $7 million offer accepted on a park in Atlanta, or near Atlanta. Uh, and then we should hear back any minute now. I'm waiting, I don't know, wherever Ryan is, you can tell me if it comes through. We're waiting on an offer, a huge offer that we just submitted on one. So like, we are all in on this thing right now. And I'm, 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 doing a few other things, but 90% of my time is spent on this one thing because if I can just get this right, everything else becomes easier. Now, anybody ever seen this like, idea before of like, training a, a lion with a chair? It's kind of a common image, image from back in the day when we used to do weird things with lions. But they would always take chairs and hold them up. The reason they did this is because a lion can only focus on one chair leg at a time. And so by holding the chair up and rotating the chair, the lion jumps from thing to thing to thing to thing and doesn't eat the person holding the chair. That's the whole reason behind why they would do the chair trick. The same thing is true for humans and us today is that when we have two, three, four things going, we have a hard time focusing on everyone. That's why Warren Buffett once said the difference between successful people and really successful people is that they really successful people say no to almost everything. A great example of this is my buddy Josh Dorkin. Where's Josh at? See here somewhere. Have you seen him? He's about this tall. <laughs> oh, there he is back there. All right, good. Yeah. Can somebody get him a booster seat? This one back there. 
So, no, Josh is actually the same, looks the same height as me. <laughs> He's going to come up here and take this mic from me. Uh, so Josh and I, we posed for a picture because it was going to be for the back of the How to Invest in Real Estate book. And a lot of people wonder, like, wow, Josh is really tall. Or Brandon's really short. Nope. <laughs> That's how we make movie magic right there. Sorry, Josh. All right. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from price for life offer and may be increased. We're always looking for ways to improve. Searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, of course, just knowing where you're going isn't always enough. Just knowing where you're going isn't always enough. A few years ago, my wife and I took a road trip all around the United States. We spent six weeks in our car, our Prius, camping in our Prius. This is before Rosie. Camping in our Prius, driving around. It was an amazing trip. And we left, I think it was we left Houston, Texas. Any Texans in here? All right. Go Texas. We left Houston, Texas, and we're driving towards Denver, Colorado. So we're going to make our way up to Denver. I want to go visit Josh. We're going to go stay with Josh. 
And we leave Houston and we're traveling west. We know where we want to go exactly. And we just kept driving and driving. And I followed this road and I figured if I just head kind of northwest, we'd get there. And it wasn't until I saw the sign for the Mexican border crossing that I realized I was going the wrong direction. Like four hours in the wrong direction. Luckily, my wife was sleeping. She didn't even know. So I just turned around and zipped back up. Yeah. Yes, Texas is a big state. Yeah, you never know. That, therefore, it's not only important to know what you want exactly, but define exactly how you're going to get there, specifically. Now, this surfing picture behind the picture, there, I took this picture of myself just a couple weeks ago. Totally kidding. No, that's not me. Uh, but a lot of you know I live in Maui, Hawaii now. I moved there because I want to surf and I like surfing. So I'm going to actually teach everybody here today how to surf. Does that sound good? All right, so I want you to do, this is going to be weird. I want you all to stand up real quick. And I want everyone to come up here. I'm just kidding, no. But I want you to stand up. We're going to do a quick surfing lesson. So here's how you surf. This is how you surf. Step number one, you paddle out. Okay, so you're laying on your, I'm not going to make you lay down because that'd be really weird. But you pretend you're laying down, you're on your board, and you're paddling out, left arm, right arm, left arm, right arm, all the way out. You don't want your feet to touch in the water, you want your feet on the board. Because otherwise it drags you. Now, you get out to where you want to go and you turn around so you're facing the right direction. And a lot of times I sit on my board, but I'll lay down. So I'm laying on the board and then a wave starts coming. You look off and you have to be watching because you don't know what's going to happen until about three seconds before it happens. And you see the, the water goes, and it starts going up and you're like, oh, this is it. And so what you do is you want to paddle. It's like getting on a freeway. You want to match the speed of the cars on the freeway. So you start paddling, 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 paddling. And... Then, as soon as you feel it kind of catching you a little bit, you gotta paddle super fast. The last thing you do is you do three big one, two, three. All right, so everybody paddle. All right, paddle, paddle. All right, waves coming. We're catching up. One, two, three. Go one, two, three. All right, now, very important. What everyone does is they grab their board. Terrible idea, because then your board goes like this. Your fingers are in the water, it starts messing with your dynamics. You you slap the deck of the surfboard. You slap it. So I like to say PSA, like a, a purchase and sale agreement, but it's you paddle, you slap, and then you arch your back up. So everyone's let's do that. Let's paddle, all right, slap, and then arch your back. All right, so at that point, everything's good if you're far enough forward on your board or far enough back. There's a spot, about a one-inch spot, you have a variance, and if you're too far forward, your board goes in the water. If you're too far back, your board tips. So you gotta make sure you're the right exact spot on the surfboard. If all that is right, now you're arched your back, you get that jet engine, it starts driving you forward. It's the best feeling on the earth. Then you take, I'm gonna actually show you here, it's gonna be weird. Uh, you're gonna go like this. Start paddle, 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 slap arch your back, and then you're gonna basically jump up like this. Okay, that was a bad example, but, and now you're going like this. So everybody down on the ground, I'm just kidding. So now you're up and now you're riding. You just can't tip too far forward, back, left, or right. Now sit down, that's, that's, that's good for audience participation. Good job, give yourself a hand. All right. Did that sound easy? No, there's a lot of steps in there, right? But here's the thing. It actually is pretty easy. Like, I don't even think about it. In the beginning, though, everything is manual. When I learned to surf, everything was manual. I got to do this. Now I got to do this. Now I got to do this. Now I got to do There's like 50 steps. Well, there's probably 12. But is it, is it hard or is it just a lot of steps? It's just a lot of steps, right? Actually, everything's pretty easy. Everybody here can do this. <laughs> All right? Everybody here can stand. It's a lot of steps. So here's the truth. Great accomplishments are seldom difficult. They're just steps undiscovered or actions unrehearsed. I'm going to say that again. Great accomplishments are seldom difficult. They're just steps undiscovered 
or actions unrehearsed. So in the beginning, everything is manual. But over time, it becomes more and more automatic. And how does that happen? You know what the steps are, and then you rehearse them over and over and over. Now, when you have a simple thing in your life, this is what I do. I'm doing mobile home parks. I'm doing flipping of this price range. I'm doing rentals in this zip code. You can get those reps in. You get that rehearsal over and over and over, and you get better and better and better and better. I love this quote from Steve Jobs. Simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple. But it's worth it in the end because once you get there, you can move mountains. A great illustration of this is my buddy, Elliot Smith. Anybody know Elliot Smith? Yeah, Elliot Smith, he's from Seattle area, well, the Washington area. Uh, Elliot Smith was at my house a few weeks ago. I took this picture of him while we were doing a video. And Elliot has the coolest story. I love his story because he, maybe many of you heard him on the podcast. I can't remember what episode it was, but he was a guy working for a bakery. He was a manager working 60, 70 hours a week, didn't really love it. And he ended up deciding to get into wholesaling and then flipping. And he only had a few minutes every you know, week to work on it, a few hours every week to work on it. So he was working no more than 10 hours a week on his wholesaling business. And then he made 100 grand in one month. And he was like, why am I still my job? So he quits his job. Now, what do most people do? They go and work 40, 50, 60 hours a week at the real estate. He was like, no, I'm going to golf. So today, he only works five, 10 hours a week on his real estate business. Well, his business still generates massive profits for him. Why? And I asked him about this. How did he do this? And he said, it's very simple. He just keeps it simple. He's like, I really just keep it simple. I just like, I get my car, I drive around, I pull out one of the, the driving for dollar apps. I think it's driving for dollars, what he uses. He's like, I just drive around and I just add properties to it. And then we mail them letters and then they call us and I talk to them and then we... He's just got these steps, right? He's got like eight or 10 steps. In fact, almost everything in life is not, again, not complicated or hard. It's just steps that we haven't learned or we haven't rehearsed enough. So he keeps it very simple. This is what he does. He does flipping now, primarily just flips houses and keeps it very simple and just follows the same steps, just like surfing. Same steps over and over and over. Now, one more aspect about knowing how you're going to get there. It's not just about how you're going to get there, but who's going to get there with you. Who do you get with you? And this is a huge lesson I learned over the past year is that Hire before you're ready to hire. Hire before you're ready to hire. It's a scary thing to hire. It really is a scary thing to, to go and hire that first person because they might not work out. But guess what? Is it hard? No, it's just steps you haven't rehearsed yet. So, I mean, I've hired a number of people now over the years and I keep learning lessons about it, but the more I do it, the better I get. And so, so the reason I put this picture up there, there's this great analogy about fleas. They take these fleas and they can train fleas to do little funny things. They took these fleas and they put them in a jar and they put a lid on the jar. And fleas like to jump. So the fleas would jump, boom, hit their head. It's a common problem for tall people. They jump, hit your head, jump, hit your head, jump, hit your head. And these fleas eventually would just stop jumping. Well, then the, the researchers would take the lid off the jar and the fleas would just stay not jumping. They would never jump higher than the lid. And we all understand that you are the average of the five people you associate with. But here's the fascinating thing about this study they did in training these fleas, is they took one of the fleas out and they put them in a big bucket. And within a few hours, that flea that wasn't jumping is now jumping you know, super, super high. Why? Because we adapt to the people around us. They give us wings, they give us power, they give us jump. And so surrounding yourself with people has been a huge part of my life in making my real estate more simple because I bring more people in to do what they're good at. One of these guys I brought in, so he's a friend named Ryan Murdoch. He's right over there. Can we give Ryan Murdoch a round of applause? Ryan is, Ryan's amazing. 
This is Ryan at Little Beach. How many of you, when I say Little Beach, just giggled a little bit? Anybody? Okay. Anybody been to Little Beach? Okay. Anybody uh, have been there and not admit they've been there? As you can see, Little Beach is a clothing optional beach in, in Maui. And uh, it's where a lot of the hippies hang out in Maui. And it's a, it also happens to be the most beautiful beach in Maui. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just this gorgeous beach that overlooks Molokini. And it's really hard to get to. It's also the best surfing beach in our area. So we go there quite a bit. Ryan goes there. He's a boogie boarder. I'm a surfer. We go there. We try to stay on the safe side of the beach and away from the, the people. There's so many stories I would love to tell, but I'm already over time. So, you know, uh, I won't tell them. But remind me later to tell you, or ask Ryan or me about the, uh, the naked surfer or the naked weightlifter uh, or the naked yoga guy. Those are great. <laughs> really good stories there. Anyway, so the point is, so without... Having Ryan on my team has been huge. He's been running a lot of things. It made my life much more simple. And I'm trying to make it, it's not simple yet on him because we don't have the steps rehearsed enough, but it's becoming simpler with every deal that we do. And we're bringing in more people. I mean, we have a few people like, you know, Walker's over there. We got Mike over there. We got people that were building this team. I think Trent's here somewhere. We're building these team of people because now we can simplify our business to a greater degree. Now, going back to Ryan real quick, Ryan is a hero. I'll tell you why. Maybe you saw it on his Facebook page recently. Ryan, not just once, but I think twice now, you have saved three times, four times, saved naked drowning people. <laughs> so Ryan's out there. Now, Ryan and I, if we're at Little Beach, again, we stay on the safe side. We wear our swimming suit. But a lot of old retired people like to go out and they swim too far and they get a little bit dangerous. And so Ryan was out there on his boogie board and, he, and somebody's yelling for help way out there. Get sucked out by the current. So Ryan goes out and he saves them and he brings them in. He's an American hero. I'm explaining more about why I'm telling you that story in a second. But tip number three, become the hero in your life. Become the hero in your life. And here's where I come up with this idea of hero. See, most people, this is important. Most people, I don't think you guys are, are, are this way, but most people in the world play the victim in their life because they don't want to admit that they're actually the villain in their life, right? Most people play the victim because they don't want to admit they're the villain. It's always somebody else's fault. But they're the villain in their life. They're the one causing them the pain that they're going through. It's their own lack of action. But instead, what's the, what's the opposite of that? It's the hero. The hero is the one that steps up. First of all, the hero takes action. Ryan, he didn't, he didn't question, should I go out there? He jumps in. He's, he's compelled to take action, consistent action, no matter what, because there's things that need to be saving especially naked things that need to be saved. So Ryan goes out there, even if he doesn't want to, even if, like the hero doesn't always want to go and work and take the action they needed. Anybody else ever wake up and just not want to do anything? Like, I don't want to go to the gym? Well, it's a good thing we don't live our lives by desire, but by intention. Anybody else not want to go and check out that property or make that phone call? It's a good thing we don't live our lives by wants, but we live by intention. A hero lives by intention. A hero lives by the greater good. Knowing what's down the road is better than what's now. So step number one is the hero takes action. Secondly, the hero uses their superpowers. Now, Ryan had a boogie board. That is a superpower. He can't drown with a boogie board. He's out there. He can do that. So I want you to ask yourself, what is your superpower? Use that and outsource everything else that you possibly can. Now, we've all heard that advice before, but are we doing it? I, I've said it. I've taught it for years. But it wasn't until this year that I really started putting that into practice, that 
I need to do what I do best. There's a few things that I can do that nobody else can do. I'm going to do those things, and everything else other people are going to do, and I'm going to find ways to do that. And if you think you can't afford that yet, find ways to incentivize it. Find ways to bring people in at a lower price, maybe for free, and give them a piece of the deal. We have, an in, uh, like a, we have a team of individuals. Like I think I said Trent was here somewhere, and there's probably others on, the, on, uh, on my team that are here, and they're working for equity in the deals that we're doing. And so find a way to work with people that they can do what they're really good at. Some people love spreadsheets. I hate them. I just hate them. Some people love working through numbers, and some people love phone calls. I'm a millennial. I don't like phone calls. So I just don't do it. Like, I let other people do that thing because I'm going to work on my superpower. And third, a superhero never gives up. Right? Even when it's hard, they persist. They go through. Ryan could have gave up and let the naked people drown. He didn't, right? He, he worked through. Heroes always work through. Think of like Frodo Baggins and what's his, what's his friend's name? Sam. Samwise. Yeah, right? Like, they didn't want to go and throw the ring in the volcano. Which, by the way, anybody ever, uh, side note, remember after, after Lord of the Rings, they throw the ring in the volcano, spoiler alert, sorry, and then they like pass out and this big bird comes and picks them up and takes them all the way back to like safety. Why didn't they just ride the bird to the volcano? Well, then it's just been way easier and the whole movie would have been much quicker. Anyway, the idea is become the hero by, again, number one, taking action even if you don't want to. Number two, using your superpower. Number three, continue on, persist no matter what. A lot of people ask the question, when do you grit and when do you quit? Like, when should you quit? If you're trying something, if you're trying to get into flipping and it's just not working, when should you say, okay, it's just not going to work out? Never! Like, never! Let's, uh, never quit. Like, I, I know that sounds like, yeah, but what if, no. If you just kept working at it, you would get the reps needed. Now, maybe you have to change some things, but... The problem I see, especially with new investors, is they're jumping from thing to thing to thing. But even us experienced investors, we do it too. We do it too all the time. And so again, focus on committing to that thing that you said you're going to commit to. Final story of the day. Back in the 1920s, there was a lot of interest in climbing Mount Everest. So people really wanted to conquer this mountain. And there was this expedition went up there, failed. They went back again, failed, went back again, and the fearless leader, and I wish I remembered his name, but I don't remember now, the leader up there died on the mountain. I mean, he actually, they found his body in 1999, actually like, like this, like climbing towards his goal, but he actually died, the leader of that group. The group goes back down. They go back down to the, to the you know, whatever, London, I think is where they're from, and, you know, they didn't make it again. Again, the 1920s, they didn't make it. But one of his friends that was on expedition gave kind of a eulogy, and I don't have the guy's name, but he said this great quote. He said, I speak to you, Mount Everest, in the name of all brave men living and those yet unborn. Mount Everest, you defeated us once, you defeated us twice, you defeated us three times. But Mount Everest, we shall someday defeat you because you can't get any bigger but we can. You can't get any bigger, but we can. And I love that picture, that real estate, no matter what it is you're trying to go for, real estate is this mountain that we're trying to conquer. But if we stick with it, if we get those reps in, if we keep our business simple and stop making it so complex, if we understand the basic steps that we need to follow to get anywhere, if we stick with those simple reps, we're going to get the results we want. Because that real estate deal 
Because that new venture, that business idea you have, it's not going to get any bigger, but you will. All right. That was the uh, keynote from the conference. David, what do you think? I mean, you've heard it once before, but... You know, was it better the second time? I think I forget what a good speaker you are because I, I get <laughs> caught up with your face. And I'm well, like, thank you. Mm, right. Thank you. And then every once in a while when I don't see your face and I just hear the words, I'm impressed by how well you articulate things. Thank you. Sometimes you get caught in my triangle as well. Ooh, yes, that's true. You're, your triangle is a triangle. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. Like once you go there, you never come back out. We don't know what happened to you. Hashtag jujitsu jokes. It's great. Uh, they're like dad jokes, but better. Well, Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. And remember, BPCon is happening in October 4th through the 6th of 2021. We want you there. If it's not sold out yet, and it will sell out very shortly, uh, please get your ticket at biggerpockets.com slash conference because David and I want to hang out with you live in person and chat some real estate, life, business, love, and whatever else you want to talk about. So, David, I'll let you get us out of here. All right. This is David Green for Brandon, the keynote speaker, Turner, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming small multifamily boot camp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the small multifamily boot camp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.